It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone. I usually started out with some highlights, with some cuts about what's going on, but I think that the most important thing to get into this morning were the post-game comments from Logan Couture last night after the team fell to Vegas. Here's the captain. Pace was quick. They're a quick team. They're a good team. I thought we uh, played a pretty good game again. Uh, we're not scoring right now, so it's tough when, uh, when you give them a couple, goal, a couple goals and we only get one. Tough to win. We've got to, uh, you know, we've got a break here, so we got to, uh, you know, I think guys are going their, their separate ways to see families, you know, but uh, everyone's got to take a look in the mirror and um, decide. You know, what, what do you want to bring for the second half of, of the year right now? What do you want to uh, to accomplish as a player, hockey player in the NHL this year? A lot of guys haven't had good years. A lot of guys have been letdowns from, from last year. Um, there's a lot of improvements, so I think, uh, you know, some soul searching in this room. Uh, everyone needs to be better, you know, just because there's been a, a coaching change. Um, you know, we, we've got, I think, one or four since then that we can take as we've been in all these games. It's been a tie, tie game in the third period at some point in, in all five of these games um, other than the one we won. So, you know, right there, just mistakes. We're, we're making the mistakes that are turning into big mistakes and they're turning into the back of our net at, at, at bad times in games. Yeah, it does, but at the same time, it's also dis, disappointing. You know, we're, we're a veteran team. You know, I'd understand if we're addressing, you know, 10 rookies or, or 12 rookies, but... <coughs> You can count the amount of rookies we have on this team are dressed tonight and on one hand, so needs to be a lot better discipline, just smart decisions with the puck, um, smart reads on rushes. We're just not doing it right now, so, um, you know, and it is our veterans. It's not our young guys that are making these mistakes. So this is where we're at with the San Jose Sharks right now. It's a feeling that hope is starting to fade, and that's a sentiment that I have received from many fans, members in the media, uh, just an overall general consensus from how people are viewing the Sharks around the league. And it's it's concerning and it's confusing, but in this midst of very poor play, we see an opportunity now with the team getting a little bit of a break to start to correct themselves and rectify. This is something I've gone on about all year long. When the results have not matched up with our level of expectations, we talk about what I would define as the not just disappointment, but the idea that the team is supposed to be better than what they are. I mean, right now they've only won one in their last 10. That's not what we're used to seeing. Right now they are unable to get themselves out of this losing streak that they're currently in once again. They lost all those games on the road. They made the switch at the head coach, and now they've only gotten one win under the new head coach as well, and then we're watching losses stack up again. And what's frustrating... I think, is that you do see some improvement. You do see the team playing better at times, but it's 
only for 40 minutes. And lately, it's been the third period that's been their bugaboo where the team has fallen apart and where you see a lot of these bad habits returning. You see a lot of the team overplaying, gripping, trying to play hero hockey. Somebody's trying to take it on themselves. Try, somebody's trying to do too much. They put themselves in a bad situation. They make a bad pass. They make a bad play. And suddenly the puck's in the back of the net and they're down a goal and then they're down two goals and then there's an empty netter and it just piles on. The third period lately has been the area of collapse for the San Jose Sharks. Last night, they were outscored 2-1 in the third period. Saturday night, they were outscored 3-0 in the third period. And Tuesday night, they were outscored 1-0 in the third period. Now, Tuesday night, again, a very, in my opinion, quality performance from the San Jose Sharks. Same story what we saw against the Blues. The first two periods, you saw quality performances. And again, last night against Vegas, until the third period, you saw a quality performance across the board. It just didn't finish. Against bad teams, that's going to cost you. Against good teams, you're essentially, you know, you're cutting your head off and hoping that you can go out there and allow your body to get in the way of some pucks. I don't really know if that makes any sense, but it just, that, that, this is what I'm seeing. I, you know, I'm watching the Sharks play 40 minutes of good hockey night in, night out in the last week, and then suddenly the third period, it just all falls apart. Now, I don't know who's to blame for that. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say this is who we blame for because it's easy to poke at one guy and say they made a bad defensive play or they did this or they did this, but it's happening across the board. You heard Logan Couture talk about it in the intro part. He's not calling out the young guys. He's calling out the veterans. He's talking about the guys who are getting the big money, who the guys who have been able to perform at a high level earlier in their career, and for some reason, it's just not happening right now. Now, this happens in sports, just as you can have years where everybody has a career year, you can have years where everybody has a downturn in their performance that's abnormal from what we usually see from them, and then it starts to correct itself. We just have to hope that that correction doesn't happen too late or that there isn't a way of fixing it schematically, tactically, psychologically, from the motivation standpoint, whatever it is. That's what Bob Bugner and his staff are tasked with right now. They've got to figure out how to fix this. But as much as it is their quote-unquote task, it's also on those guys on the ice. They know that they are making these mistakes. They know that they're not living up to expectations. And, you know, from some of the people I've talked to, we've heard of chemistry issues, and I don't mean these guys don't like each other. It just seems like they're not all on the same page when they're out there on the ice. And we saw this in October. We didn't see it in November, but we're seeing it again right now. And it's a strange perspective to be able to see the dual ends of the spectrum from this team. We've seen them be really, really bad for two months, and we've seen them be one of the best teams in hockey for one month. That's what's so, I think, confusing, confounding, and frustrating about this entire process is we have seen this team beat good teams. We have seen this team play good hockey. We have seen them live up to expectations. It just hasn't done it for two-thirds of the season. For one-third of the season, they looked exactly like what we hoped and thought they were going to be. And then for the other two-thirds of the season, they've looked completely lost, completely unlike what we were expecting. At this point, it's fair to say that the poor end of the spectrum, the losing end, is more accurate to what this team really is. And I say that not to be inflammatory, and I say that not to cast judgment, but just because they're, they're mired in losing streaks. They are, for two months of the year, not playing good hockey. If it, What's the majority when we look at the Sharks right now? It's not good. But you keep on hearkening back to the idea that it can be better because we've seen them play better. We've seen them 
look like a good hockey team. And it's a weird loop of circular thinking where you say, well, they're bad, but they can be good again. And then if they do show you some promise, then you start thinking they can be good again. And then they start getting bad again. But because they've looked good, you start thinking they can be good again. And so on and on and on and on and on. I'm not explaining anything new to you. You've all been fans of a team before and you've all watched this. But to see it happening again, I just it doesn't make sense. And I think that's what everybody is so frustrated with because you see the talent. You see the names, and you expect it to be better. And a lot of people have said, well, we can go out there, we can blame, you know, goalkeeper A or B, or we can go out there and blame superstar X or Y. But you're seeing everyone make mistakes on one end of the spectrum. And on other ends, you've seen Aaron Dell put together some really good nights. You've seen Martin Jones put together some good nights, and the reward just hasn't been there for the team. And you heard Logan Couture talk about it. This team has to make a decision about what they're going to be going forward. This team has to make a decision about what they're going to do with the rest of the season. Right now, the San Jose Sharks are at the bottom of the Pacific, but it's not like they're that far out of it. They're 16, 20, and 2. I believe if we go back to the first year of Pete DeBoer being in charge of the Sharks when they went to the Stanley Cup Final, they were 18, 18, and 2 at this point. So there's a lot of things that can change as we get deeper and deeper into the season. But, you know, when we were in October and November, we were saying that it's relatively early and that this team can round into form, and it certainly looked like they did in November, but then it all fell apart in the early stages of December, and then you make the switch at head coach, and the results have still not turned around. But you have seen, again, these 20- and 40-minute periods of time on the ice where the team looks very, very good. That's why I think it's close to turning around and you've got to bottom out. You've got to have this happen in multiple ways. You know, one, it was Pete DeBoer getting the ax. It was the losing streak to start off the month of December. It's the overall losing that's been carrying now into almost, you know, Christmas and the new year. I think there is a relative proximity of this getting turned around based on what I'm seeing on the ice. And I know that's hard to swallow when you're watching a team that's 1-8-1 and one in their last 10 and you're looking at them at the bottom of the Pacific Division and you're looking at guys who are capable of changing every single game they play in, but they're not doing it right now. In keeping in theme with the holidays as we are fully in them, I've decided to go and share my holiday wish list for the San Jose Sharks. My first item on my wish list is for Martin Jones to be what he was a couple years ago. Now, I know that some of you might be saying, well, Ted Aaron Dell is playing better lately. He's had some good performances. The money is invested in Martin Jones. And this isn't a dig at Aaron Dell, but Martin Jones has been the guy who has played the biggest games in the Sharks franchise history. Martin Jones is the guy who was able to turn it around last year in Vegas. Martin Jones was the guy who was in net for the Sharks when they had huge, huge wins over the past few years. Again, this is not a knock on Aaron Dell, and I love the fact that Aaron Dell is playing better in front of the net as of late. But Martin Jones is where the money is for the San Jose Sharks. Martin Jones is the guy the team invested in. I want him to live up to that investment. I want him to be what we know he is capable of being because consistency from him combined with high-level performance from Aaron Dell, which allows Martin Jones to get rest, will play a huge role in the Sharks overall. And now, again, if it's Aaron Dell who takes over as the starting goalie for the San Jose Sharks, so be it. But if I had a wish list, it would be for Martin Jones 
to live up to the contract that was invested in him. Second item on my wish list, for Eric Carlson to consistently be a game changer and be the guy that we know he's capable of being. I understand that he's been dealing with stuff in his personal life and the birth of his daughter. I understand that he's coming back from a significant groin injury. I understand that right now he probably feels a tremendous amount of pressure to be a game changer game in, game out. And I understand there's a tremendous amount of pressure that comes with getting signed to a big money deal like he did. But listen, there have been times this year where our Eric Carlson has looked exactly like what we all know he is capable of being. And there's other times where he's not. Now, he does not need to be a shutdown defender. He does not need to be Mark Edward Vlasic. That's not what Eric Carlson is. But I want to see more of that pissed-off Eric Carlson, the Eric Carlson that is fighting and battling and impacting every aspect of the game when he's on the ice. We've seen it at times this year, but I want it all the time. And I don't think this is a situation of him being lackadaisical or he got paid so he's not going to be the same guy. Eric Carlson has the mentality that he wants to win and dominate every single aspect of his professional life. It's just right now he's not the same guy that we saw him be at certain times last year. And at the times where he's looked like he is that guy, it's not been consistent. And that's what I'm hoping out him. I want the consistent level of Eric Carlson we all know that he is capable of. I'm not questioning his effort. I'm not questioning his motivations. I just want to see him consistently be that guy. Because sometimes you see it, and sometimes you don't. The next item on my wish list is for the power play to find itself. And this one is very concerning, and actually it goes back to last year towards the end of the year when Pavelski was hurt and the team was doing very, very poorly on the power play. It was what I was really concerned about heading into this year because they're so or were so reliant on Pavelski being a distraction up front because he was so good with the tip play and guys would draw in on him, and it would create a little bit more space on the outside um, for guys to get the puck in, and now you don't have that same threat. Teams are balanced out a little bit more evenly on the kill against the Sharks, and it could be a a pendulum swing, obviously, but if the power play starts to find itself, the Sharks will be a much better team. The way the Sharks are on the power play right now, it's the complete opposite end of what we see on the penalty kill. The penalty kill is out there. You're excited because they're effective and they're getting it done. With the power play, it it just the the cohesion, the fluidity, the chemistry, it's not happening. And until it starts happening, the Sharks are going to have a hard time winning games. Special teams is a huge, huge part of getting wins in the NHL. Half of it, the Sharks do very well with the kill. The other half, the power play, it's not there right now. That's item number three on my list. It's for the power play to find itself and start being effective and allow the Sharks to get those goals when they have the man advantage. It puts a hurt on the other team in terms of the scoreboard, in terms of what they're doing to them physically, in terms of what they can just be a commanding team on the power play. The next item on my wish list, and this is kind of a two-parter, A, is for the defense to play a committed 60 minutes, and B, it's for the team to play 60 minutes of quality hockey start to finish. And I think these two go hand in hand. The problem is the Sharks have been in these close games where you see guys making riskier plays, which sets them up to give up a goal. And we've seen it over and over and over again. It's um, it's a weird little loop that the Sharks have gotten themselves in as of late, where the third period has been a tight game, and then suddenly they've been in a 
collapsible situation and they fold. They're close. And I think that's what Bob Bugner sees. I think that's what we see when we watch the team. They're close to turning things around, but they've got to fight their way out of it. They've got to claw their way out of it. And a big part of that is the team playing 60 minutes of quality hockey. And a big part of that aspect is being committed on defense for 60 minutes. You can't try and make the risky move. You've got to be committed to defense. You can't get out of position. You can't put your teammates in a bad position. You can't do these things that are consistently hampering the Sharks. You can't have these turnovers in the in your defensive zone. You can't put your, your goalkeeper in a terrible situation. You can't keep committing these same mistakes, and that's what the Sharks are, are doing. And it's the 60 minutes of committed defense. It's the 60 minutes of quality hockey. And if they do that, I am positive that the wins will come. Until they start doing that, I don't think the wins are going to come. Until we see Martin Jones look consistently like the guy that we know he's capable of being. Until we see Eric Carlson play with the level of intensity that we're accustomed to from him consistently for for his entire time on the ice. I mean, you just have these things on my wish list. It's not like I'm breaking any news here. It's just what I'm seeing when I'm watching the Sharks. And so I came up with my wish list because I think it's practical. I think it's reasonable, and I think all these aspects, Martin Jones, Eric Carlson, the power play, 60 minutes of committed defense and 60 minutes of quality time on the ice across the board, when these things start happening, you will see the Sharks start to win games. All right, we are going to change gears. We have now made the connection with the interim head coach of the San Jose Sharks. It is Bob Bugner. Bob. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? Congratulations on the gig. Ah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I think that uh, you know, I think we've gotten over the shock of uh, um, you know the change over the transition. I think that uh, um, you know, I'm obviously honored to uh, um, you know to have this opportunity. Um, I think that you know it was a tough one because obviously our staff was so tight, and uh, you know when those guys got let go, and um, you know I got asked to be the interim coach. Um, you know it was a uh, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, a day that uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> Anyways, but you know it's been uh, um, it's been almost two weeks now, and I think the uh, um, you know there's some real good things going on. It doesn't show in the standings. It doesn't show in the point totals. Um, but you know I think the players uh, um, you know have done a decent job of uh, accepting the change and and uh, you know trying to get behind it. Yeah, and you know to go back just a little bit, you know I did not agree with Florida's decision at the last year, but I was happy to see that you were coming back to the to the San Jose Sharks and then obviously things have worked out to where, you know, you're you're the interim head coach right now, but just if you could kind of walk us through that kind of personal level where it's a guy in in Pete DeBoer that you're replacing who you obviously had this personal and professional relationship with um, before you left to become a head coach and then you come back to his staff and now you've taken over for him. Was, was there awkwardness associated with that or is it just both of you guys know like this is the name of the game, this is what you all signed up for? Yeah, I, I'd be lying to say there wasn't a little awkwardness, but on the same page, I think Pete was very uh, uh, supportive if, if he was going to move on, that he wanted me to get that chance. And, you know, we have a, a deep respect for one another, um, obviously, uh, personally and professionally. And I think that, uh, um, you know, Pete uh, is, is at peace with what's gone on. I think that, you know, he had a great run here and very, very successful. And, uh, um, you know, he knows he's going to move on and, and, and get a chance to coach elsewhere. And I think that, uh, 
you know, when I left a couple of years ago, um, you know, Pete was very loyal and wanting to bring me back after things didn't work out in Florida and, uh, you know, and Doug Wilson and the whole organization. So mm-hmm. uh, very thankful for his loyalty, obviously. And, and it was a tough day and, you know, but, uh, you know, within an hour of me hearing the news, uh, uh, you know, Pete and I were on the phone talking and he was already supporting me and, you know, went over his house that night and sat down with him and uh, had a beer and we had some good laughs. So there wasn't, uh, um, you know, there wasn't any animosity into that uh, in, at that level. I think we we're both sort of happy for each other because he's going to move on and, and, and get to pick and choose where he wants to go in his next phase. And, you know, he wants obviously the Sharks and, and myself to uh, have some success as well. Yeah, no, I would imagine so. And, you know, I'm curious for yourself, everybody, when they found out you were coming back to the Sharks, um, you know, in the off season to be back on the coaching staff, media, players, fans, everybody reacted to it with a, a great deal of positivity. And I'm just curious, you know, did you expect that at this point in your career, after you were a player that, you know, fans and media and people to respond to the fact that you were coming back to an organization, was that something you ever envisioned? Did you know that people had viewed you kind of with that, that favoritism tag to say, Oh, we're glad that Bob Bugner is coming back to San Jose. Well, I mean, it's always, uh, it's always a good feeling when you have support of the, of the people that, you know, make it, work behind the scenes and obviously the fans are one of them. I think that uh, um, they've always supported their teams and, and are very knowledgeable hockey fans out here. And, uh, you know, I think that comes with the territories when you have success. And a few years ago, when we went to the Stanley cup finals, uh, which was the most successful season in San Jose Sharks history. I think that people appreciated, uh, um, you know, how hard every, everybody worked and, and the success we had. And I think once you go to a city and, and an organization, um, you know, and, and, and you have that success as a group of people, I think it's uh uh, fantastic that you get supported like that. And, uh, you know, I'm, we, that's our goal every year, obviously, to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, um, I'll never forget that year. I think I made some great personal connections and relationships with a lot of the players, some that are still here, obviously the coaching staff and, and, and management. So uh, it's a family atmosphere here, and and, and, and you could feel that uh, the minute you walk back through those doors, when I walk back through those doors in September. Again, we've got Bob Bugner here on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Everyone, when they're growing up, they view themselves as the player. I'm curious, at what point of your career did you start viewing yourself as potentially a coach? I think towards the latter part of my career, and I got a little older, and I wasn't playing as much, and I spent more time at the rink, um, you know, uh, whether I was a healthy scratch or I was, uh, you know, injured and spending time around good coaches. I, I was lucky enough to have some great coaches. Uh, and that's part of the game has always intrigued me. And, and, you know, I've been in hockey my whole life. And so after my career and when I retired uh, in 2006, um, you know, my knee was, was bad and wasn't as good as it, you know, should have been to play. So I had to make a decision. And uh, when I went back, I bought a junior hockey team in, in Windsor, Ontario, the Windsor Spitfires. And, really immersed myself into just learning the trade of coaching. And uh, um, obviously it was a business opportunity and, you know, an investment, but uh, um, I really wanted to just learn my craft. And, you know, I always knew I had a bunch of knowledge in my head from playing days, but coaching is completely different. And, uh, you know, I learned at that level and, and developed some great hockey players that were now gone on and playing in the NHL and uh, um, had some success there coaching. And uh, I really just caught the bug there. And I you know, said, this is something I'd like to do, do it at a higher level. Did you have an idea of what you wanted to do tactically or schematically? Or was that kind of done on the fly based on what you liked and what you thought would work from previous coaches that you'd had over the course of your career? Yeah, there's certain things and certain and systems I played in that obviously have, uh, um, you know, I felt, um, 
that were that were better than others. And I think that uh, you know, I really think as a coach, uh, uh, you you keep your mind open and you and you look at everything, and then you got to really understand your personnel and what's going to work, what system's going to work with that personnel. And uh, you know, there's 31 teams out there, and and you know, there's we all play similar systems. We all have a little bit of difference and strengths and weaknesses in those systems. Um, but you got to come up with something that's going to fit your team the best. And I think, you know, when I, when I, when we made the coaching change a couple of weeks ago, um, I brought in some new ideas, a little bit of a fresher approach in a couple areas. And, um, you know, and I think you just got to constantly keep the players, um, um, interested and excited and intrigued and, and, uh, um, you know, and try and interject as much, um, you, you know, as, as many tools as they can, they can have and grasp for success. You were able to get some practice in this week, which is one of the things that Jamie Baker has hammered into me over the years, just how important practice is for a team, especially when the results haven't been going their way. So you were able to get that in this week. I thought that for the first two periods last night, the team looked really sound, looked committed on defense. Some things didn't go your way in the third period. That's the way it goes. What have you seen now through these first four games? What What's standing out to you when you're watching uh, your team play? Well, I think yeah, we've uh, we've been in every hockey game and, and against good teams like St. Louis last night. I think that uh, you know half the battle is giving yourself a chance to win, and uh, and we've done that every game. Um, you know, I would say three out of the four games. Of course, we won against Vancouver. Uh, the New York game uh, was probably our worst third period, but even last night, I watched the third period over again today. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a good team in the third period. We made one big mistake, and we and we paid for it. It was in the back of our net, and. Uh, um, but for the most part, I mean, it was a it was a back and forth even period. We had a ton of chances. Um, so a couple things I, I I grab out of that is one we got to you know obviously bear down on our chances. Every game that we've played, we've outchanced the other team. Uh, we're we're better defensively than we were a couple weeks ago. We're more committed defensively. Um, our composure has to improve. I mean, when you're when you got a team and you know whether it's Arizona with two and a half minutes or, or last night with eight and nine minutes to go. Um, you got to do certain things on the ice when you don't have the puck. And uh, a couple times we were still thinking of, you know, some old habits diving in offensively and maybe looking for that, you know, and I don't want to say cheating, but, you know, we're, we're looking more on the offensive side of the puck than we are on the defensive stuff. So that comes with a composure and how to protect, uh, how to protect the game and manage the game. And that's something that we haven't been very good at in the last uh, four games. We could be sitting here today, really, to be honest, I realistically, I think we should be three and one. Um, and we're not, we're the opposite. And, uh, um, that's gotta be our focus every night is, is, you know, when you put yourself in a chance to, to, to win a game or, or at least get a point and enforce the overtime, then your mentality has got to change a bit. And in terms of you knowing a lot of the players that are already on this squad, when you come back and then you transition into the role of interim head coach, does that make things harder or easier? Because, you know, a lot of times when a coaching change is made, it's a fresh voice to everyone, but also in your advantage, these guys already know your voice. So how has that changed or made the transition easier and or harder for you? Um, I think a little both. So to, to, to make it easier, obviously I know some tendencies of players and, and, uh, you know, and I, and I know the strengths and weaknesses and positions to put them into to hopefully succeed. I think that, uh, um, you know, and that's why I brought in some new ideas and, and, and a fresh approach because I want to clean the slate for these guys and I want to give everybody the opportunity to sort of say, okay, it's a new start, it's a new season, and 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 let's move forward. And uh, uh, on the other hand, maybe uh, um, you know by being around already and and you know as an assistant coach, you sort of sit back in the weeds a little bit. You concentrate on your area. Mine was defense and you know helping out in the penalty kill and. 
Um, you know, so I sort of left the forwards to, you know, the other guys and not that I didn't have interaction with those guys, but you know, that wasn't my main focus switching over to a head coach. Now, obviously, uh, you're in charge of everything. So, um, you know, you have to, you know, sort of reintroduce yourself to, to that new area, which would be forwards, which would be power play, which would be, you know, uh, six on five and those kind of situations. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's taken some time here, but I think that uh, the players have done a decent job there. The players are competing. They're playing hard. Uh, they're battling for each other. Um, they're just as disappointed as I am that we haven't seen the results of that. Uh, but I really truly believe that we stick with the structure that we're playing with now, clean up some of that composure, uh, in the third period, I mean, I, I I believe this team's playing the best it's played in a long time. No, I agree. I thought there's a lot to to work on, and we've seen improvement. And I and I think there's been some very good things on the ice. And listen, sometimes the bounces don't go your way, and sometimes they do. And I think that you know, as they continue to work on what your guys are trying to preach to them, I think the results will come. But I have one last question for you, and this is just kind of a little bit more silly, but. Does it trip you out that Patty and Jumbo are still going? Because these guys were like a decade into their careers when you retired, and that was almost 15 years ago now. Yeah, I, I'll tell you when I, uh, um, you know, some days I stand behind that bench and you're in the Shark Tank, and uh, you know, I remember coming into the Shark Tank and uh, back in the day, and these guys were in the primes of their career, young guys, and uh, um, you know, now standing behind the bench and, and watching these guys still. Uh, you know they're into their their thousands of games and and uh, um, it's just it's wild. I mean I know how I felt at 35 when I retired and uh, to see these guys still going. I mean uh, and still being really effective. I think it's it's amazing and uh, I don't know if you'll ever see two guys like that again that uh, you know sort of broke in together and stayed together almost their whole careers. Obviously Patty left for a year or two, but. Um, to finish their careers together where they started, I think is pretty amazing. And, uh, um, you know, and I, I, I think the Sharks fans and, and, and the people in the community, I think are really uh, fortunate to, to witness uh, two not only unbelievable hockey players, but uh, even better people off the ice. And uh, amazing to see every day. Yeah, right there with you, Bob. Well, I know you've got stuff to do. Even though I could uh, talk your ear off all day, I will let you go do uh, what, you're, uh, what you're here to do, which is not to talk to me. But I really appreciate it, man. And uh, I'll be uh, I'll be bothering you for more time going forward. All right. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Bob Bugner, everyone, the interim head coach of the San Jose Sharks, and a damn good talker who I really uh, appreciate him taking his time out to give us some good insight on all things going on with him and the Sharks and the transition. And I agree with him that things are turning around. It's just a matter of it happening over the course of sixty minutes. And I, I don't think that he would he would challenge that statement. I think he knows just as well as I do and just as well as you do that the Sharks need to play a full 60 minutes of quality ice time. They need to be this team that we all know they're capable of being. And the thing that's in his favor is when he goes to create his scheme, when he goes to create his tactics, when he goes to plan for whoever they're playing on any given night, he looks at the Sharks roster and sees some of the best players in the NHL. He looks over and he sees Eric Carlson. He looks over and he sees Tomas Schertel. He looks over and he sees Mark Edward Vlasic. And I could continue to go on with the quality names that we all know populate the San Jose Sharks. They are full of quality, quality players on this roster that should have them in a much better position than they currently are in. And that's why you keep on coming back to the fact that they should be better than they are. And I tend to think that they will turn it around it's just a question of when it's going to happen. Will it be too late? And how do they get themselves 
out of these bad habits, out of these issues that they keep on seeing night in, night out. If you correct these things, the, the things that I specifically listed on my wish list, you're going to see things rectify themselves rather quickly. But even if you just do the power play, even if you just get 60 minutes of committed defense, you're going to start winning more games. But if you can get everything, all the mistakes, if you can correct all of these, you're going to see high-quality hockey. You're going to see wins. You're going to see points. You're going to see goals. You're going to see success. You're going to see essentially the opposite of what we've been seeing as of late. But I keep coming back to the fact that we're seeing it for 40 minutes a night. Give Bob Bugner the opportunity to let this team learn what he's trying to do. Additionally, give him the time to do what he needs to do. And I think you're going to start to see things turn themselves around. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. But again, you get a little bit of break. You get a little bit of time. You get ice time in practice. You get the ability to work on these areas of frustration and concern, and you give yourself the opportunity to turn things around. And I think that's going to come. And I know you can say, well, Ted, you're on the payroll. What are you going to say? Do you think the Sharks are going to take it? It's no, it's not even that. Even yes, I am on the payroll. I will never deny that. But you look at the talent that's there and you say it should be better than what we're seeing. No one can deny that. No one can look at me and say that that take is predicated on the fact that I work for the Sharks because we all know the names on that roster should be yielding better results than what we're seeing on the ice right now, better than what we're seeing in the standings. The talent is there. The structure is there. The ability is there. We just need to see it come to fruition at the level we all know it's capable of being. If and when that happens, the San Jose Sharks are going to turn things around rather quickly. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to interim head coach of the San Jose Sharks, Bob Bugner, for taking some time out of his busy Sunday game day schedule to chat with me and all of you. And a big thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. Happy holidays, everyone. The ultimate item on my holiday wish list is for all of you to have a safe, happy, and healthy holiday season, which of course means that I ask you, just as I did around Thanksgiving, please don't drink and drive, get a cab, get a ride share, get a scooter, whatever it takes. Just get to where you're going safely, everyone. I'm Ted Ramey for the San Jose Sharks, signing off. 